Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode number 94. Number 94, 1994, that's a pretty good year. Let me think about that, 1994. I'd been out of college for a year. I was, uh, oh yeah, actually 94 is interesting. I started the year living back in Fairbanks, Alaska. And then at the end of the year, middle of the year, in the fall of 1994, I moved back to Boston with my sister because she was going to Northeastern University, and she told me I had to go back with her. So that worked out well. Uh, Yeah, but in the beginning of 1994, I was living on South Noble Street in Fairbanks, Alaska. No, South Cushman? South Noble? South Noble. South Noble Street with my friend Jason Noble, no relation to the street. And it was pretty cool. We were at a good time. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I don't know, pretty dark. (laughs) We were really into that horse conditioner trying to make our hair grow long we had some good parties uh that girl christina was around shalane uh, my sister was around i think i was dating jamie yeah it was a good time 1994 moved back to boston moved in with sean oh no sean hadn't met sean yet moved in with jesse down over in alston by the burger king on higgins street discovered the big burrito in 1994 we had thai buffet god that place man there are not enough thai buffets in america let me tell you thai buffets thai lunch buffets that's just such a great invention and i feel so blessed to have had one in my life for such a while yeah 19 uh, episode 94 will be 100 soon but i guess it's not for six episodes which is 12 weeks which is three months so it feels like it's getting close but it's really not how's it going how you doing what's going on it will be the three-year podcast anniversary in uh, 18 days oh, i guess i'll talk to you again before that too yeah greetings from chatham county north carolina the humidity is 74 degrees it is very hot it is very muggy it is cloudy and raining a little bit each day feels like the south i want to sit on my stoop drink a mint julep but you know i got a job and a kid and responsibilities i don't own a seersucker suit which is a real failure on my part as a southern gentleman uh yeah it's a uh, i don't really know what else to say about chatham county not much is going on People are still wearing masks decently, although not a lot of employees, but most of the customers are still wearing masks, which feels very inverted from everywhere else. I don't know what's up with that. It's kind of interesting. Uh, (laughs) Our kitties were going to turn one year old this week. That is very exciting. On Sunday, we're having a one-year birthday party. (laughs) Now, there's a reason for this, because one of the kitties was adopted by one of our neighbors two doors down. That's not true. They're like four doors down. But they adopted one of the kitties in the litter, and we have two of the other kitties in the litter. So, And we haven't seen the neighbors much because of the pandemic, and we're all vaccinated. So, you know, it's a kitty birthday party, but it's really an excuse to socialize with some friends of ours. So that'll be really fun. That'll be a good time. Uh, I don't feel well. I got my neck hurts again. Emma bought me this really nice massager for my birthday, and I was using it a lot. And it occurred to me I haven't used it in a while because she kind of stole it. <laughs> <laughs> like like one does with birthday presents you buy your spouse birthday presents that you also want to use uh so i haven't used it in like two or three weeks and now my neck really hurts so i'm gonna i'm gonna take it back today and maybe get another good session in with that thing it's the mini theragun strong recommend 
But yeah, my neck hurts. Feels like ass. My head hurts. I've been kind of depressed the last three days. If you read my uh, daily posts, you can kind of get a sense of it. I try not to, you know, bring other people down when I'm depressed, but I also like to not be, I like to be honest about it and tell people these things in the world that are bringing me down. This week is the truck, long haul truck driving industry. Thanks to a book I'm reading. We'll get to that later. But uh, this morning I was like, oh, you know, actually, I think this headache is like three days old. And then Emma was like me and Janet. My mother-in-law both have headaches too, and it's probably allergies because I have terrible allergies, and it is very green and wet out there. So it could be something like that. I don't know. I am not someone who assumes a physical cause to most of my ailments, but it's possible. Uh, I took a bunch of Advil, didn't really feel it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel great. Um, I'm also recording this on Thursday. You're not going to get it till Saturday. <laughs> I'm trying to get a jump on the weekend here. I got a lot to do. But <laughs> so maybe I'll feel better the next day or two. Maybe by the time you hear this, you'll have you'll have gotten my daily email in the morning, and I'll be really chipper, and I won't be talking about like labor exploitation in the truck driving industry or Joe Manchin and his cynical change of politics at a very convenient time to block the you know <laughs> saving of our democracy and things like that. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll be in a great mood by the time you hear this, but you won't know that for two more weeks unless you know you read the email, I guess. Um, just got off a meeting talking about Apple's ATT stuff at work because it is the middle of work day and I'm cheating and recording this and it's going pretty well, you know, uh, uh, the whole thing is very frustrating, but I think we will, I will survive. It's a little bit too soon to say the whole thing about this too, is that like once it all finally is implemented and it rolls out, which is finally starting to happen. Then you got to wait like a couple months to really get an idea of the, the impact in the industry. You could have really good revenue right now and, and it could shut the bed as the industry changes and adapts or vice versa. You could have bad revenue now and it could change. So, you know, uh, things are at the moment going really well, but don't take that as any sort of a indicator. <laughs> it's really hard when things are still going well. You're like, it's going well, we're going to make it. But it's like, it's like when Wiley Coyote is still flying straight after he falls off the cliff at that exact moment it's going well and at any moment the other side of the cliff of the canyon could appear under his feet and he will have made it because his momentum's good and his height is good his elevation's good his forward velocity's good but also he might just not make it you know (laughs) and with Wiley Coyote specifically he doesn't make it right it's not it's not like uh bowling (laughs) when the ball's going in the right direction it'll probably keep going in the right direction it's not like that at any given moment despite the direction the ball's going it might just explode that sounds like a fun game i wonder if a game like that exists calvin ball maybe remember calvin ball yeah anyway it's going all right i will be okay uh (laughs) jane's doing really well she's been mostly a pleasure lately Still has fits, but uh, I've been sitting down when she starts crying. I sit down next to her and I get on the floor at her level. Seems so obvious, but it took me a long time to remember to start doing it. And I'm like, what's wrong? What can we do? And I would say 80% of the time that that kind of of does the trick. And she starts telling me what's wrong and we fix it. You know, she still has, she had one or two uncontrollable fits where we had to put her in the room and let her cry it out. Emma seems to have it worse. I was downstairs last night. It was her turn for bedtime. And I could just hear Jane screaming and screaming and screaming. Actually, I mean, the night before was fine for me, but three nights ago, it was really bad for me, too. Ugh, God. 
Yeah, I do think it's getting better. I say the same shit every week about her, don't I? <laughs> She's very conversational. Conversational. She can read. She was walking by the. We have these little digital displays on our wall that from the old '90s home audio system that's hooked up to XM radio, and it shows the band playing. She's like, "That says real big fish." I'm like, "You're right. It does. I didn't even know this was real big fish." <laughs> She just can read things. It's pretty cool. And that, you know, sometimes you read what's on your shirt or on a package and you're like, yeah, you've seen that a million times. I probably read it to you like six months ago, but no, nobody in this house really talks a whole lot about real big fish. Don't know much about them. I remember when they showed up on Viva Variety, the uh, variety show by the former members of the comedy troupe, The State. It was a very good variety show. Real Big Fish was on it once. (laughs) That's all I really know about them. I don't even remember the song, but Jane knew it. She could read it. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like her. She's great. She makes me happy. It's nice to have a little oxytocin bomb in your house. You're feeling down. Just hold Jane. It's nice, man. She doesn't always want to be held, but you know, when she does, it's pretty cool. Roughhousing is a good time. Bonk, bonk. We still play bonk, bonk a lot. That's this game I do. It's, it's roughhousing. I flip her around and do somersaults in the air and stuff. She's really into her Legos. Um, she likes wearing black, which is nice. Except for today, she's wearing a red Alaska t-shirt. It's pretty cool. It's got moose and bears on it and rainbow tights. She looks kind of like Pippi Longstocking today. It's pretty cute. It's pretty cute. The gardening's going well. Uh, well, that's a lie. Who am I telling? It's not going well. Uh, last week, I got, went out there on Saturday. And, you know, I haven't been out there a lot in the interim during the week these last two weeks because it's been raining enough that I haven't really needed to water the plants. It rained last night. I don't need to water the plants today. I did go out there and peek today. But a lot of days, I don't go out there and peek. So I don't know exactly what day this happened, but something decimated the plants. The night before, there had been a really, really strong rainstorm with lightning and everything it was really scary and so maybe it was the rain but i don't think it was the rain i think it was a deer and it's very frustrating it ate just ate the leaves off of most of the downstairs garden and i have a camera in the window a home kit camera the logitech circle view and it is supposed to detect uh animals and people in motion but it doesn't do it and it's connected but then it disconnects and i don't even know it's kind of garbage and i gotta file a support request it's not a connectivity issue it is sitting right on top of a base station and that base station is hardwired i mean it can't get any closer to the thing i can look in the base station in my you know router app and on the, in the portal on the well in the browser and i can see that the thing's connected and i've 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 paired it i've uh, what do you call it? You can link devices. We have a mesh network, four nodes, and you can tell the network to bind each device on your network to a specific node, and it's bound to the node it is literally sitting on. So I turned on alerts on my phone, tell me when it goes offline, and I, was, I sit there and it just goes offline, online, offline, online, like every minute or two. It's just broken. I don't even know. I keep, So it didn't, my point is, it didn't see the deer or whatever it was, and it ate all the leaves and just decimated things. And, you know, if it wasn't the rain, it was still the rain because it was raining so much. I didn't, I haven't been spraying with my anti-rodent and pest spray, my squirrel spray, my capsaicin spray, but they don't, this is a deer. I mean, it ate the pepper plants, which squirrels and rabbits don't like, and they're in a container that's three and a half feet tall and they ate it like at deer height. I don't know. So it's been a week now. I just went out there. They're growing back. They're going to survive. Peppers are on the trees, the plants, which is good. But yeah, it was, it was bad. It ate the brassicas. 
some of the grape leaves, just everything, you know, and it's like stuff grows nicely and then it gets eaten. But then some stuff they don't touch. They, they, don't, they don't touch the, the cucumbers, the fennel they don't care about, the bok choy they don't care about. It's really weird. It's, and then I had a theory. It was my mulch. I've been using two kinds of mulch. I've been using leaves for mulch, leaf mold compost, uh, like kind of like shredded leaves. It's got like some twigs and some pine needles in it. It's very nutrient rich. It seemed very healthy. But that stuff gets dug up a lot more. And then I've been using cardboard and the cardboard doesn't get dug up a lot more. And so now I think that like that might be part of it. I'm, so I've remulched everything with cardboard tread, which is kind of uh, interesting. I'm going to make a YouTube video about this and it's going to kill it. Just watch. I'm going to make a YouTube video about how to shred your Amazon boxes and use it for mulch. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've been doing. And it's sort of, leave, you know, it's impossible to live morally in this world, but it's one little thing I'm trying to do to reduce uh, waste in our house. Oh God, it's so depressing. Anyway, uh, yeah, so, you know, it seems to be coming back. We'll see. I'll go out there tomorrow, do some gardening, see if things are good. I did do harvest. I, I got two beautiful Napa cabbages, two nice heads of lettuce. We ate salads all week, spinach. That was great. There are tomatoes on a lot of the tomato vines now. That is really awesome. They're all green. They're not ready to eat yet, but like nice tomatoes are forming upstairs and downstairs. That is very good. The fennel's looking good. The cucumber's looking good. The watermelons. I don't see any baby watermelons on my baby watermelon plants, but the leaves are getting good. The loofah leaves are growing really well. A lot of stuff's doing okay. The carrots, the radishes, the beets. Um, actually the beets got devastated, but I needed to thin them anyway. So it worked out really well. <laughs> they ate about half the beets and they needed to get rid of about half the beets. They should do it to the carrots. Actually, that'd be really helpful. Um, yeah, so it's going okay. I think it's probably going better than last year. It's hard to tell. It better be for how much I studied and researched and learned and money I spent and, and effort I'm putting in this year compared to last year. Last year, I just half-assed it. I just bought some random shit and put it in pots and I collected a bunch of tomatoes this year. I like researched and planted them from seeds and nurtured them from the ground up across 10 weeks and learned a new trellising system and, and, and fertilizer and BT oil and neem oil and rot stop and, you know, soil amendments and all this shit. If it doesn't do better this year, I'm just going to be like, why? I spent a year learning about gardening to do this and, you know, I'll be really bummed if it doesn't all work out. But the videos are going well. They're on YouTube. Uh, not a lot of people watch them. They get like 10 views. I don't really care. Uh, it's basically a journal so I can remember next year all the things that I need to do for this year. Um, I enjoy making them. I've been wanting to make my video skills better. And it's been really satisfying. Uh, and, you know, the, the 10 people that watch them are friends of mine in the garden. So that's nice. We all text about them and stuff. And it's, it's helpful. And they give me advice. And yeah, it's going all right. It's going all right. Uh, the studio reorg, I did a ton of work academically on. I have a keynote file with a floor plan of the studio that I use every time I, I sort of want to rearrange a studio. It's got like, you know, all the uh, objects in the room. It's got little floor plan items for them. And, and I didn't kind of did kind of a mock-up of the layout. I wanted to do a floor plan version that I did a photo mock-up. So I, I made a little keynote presentation. I showed it to Emma. I got her opinions kind of know what we want to do. I'm going to spend some money on a workbench, like kind of like a garage, like a deluxe version of those garage workbenches with lots of drawers, probably maybe a cheap version. That's a little TBD still. But other than that, I kind of know what I got to do, but it's a lot of like, I got to move a bunch of stuff and prep. I probably need three, four straight days to do it. And as you know, I'm going to Alaska next weekend. So maybe not until the 4th of July holiday, I can do this. 
but I got the plan. I got the plan in shape and I'm feeling decent about it. I'll have a little bit of extra room for more records. All my records will be up back on top of the counters, which is great. I really wanted that. I missed that. Um, but I can't keep buying records if I want that to stay. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> Maybe I'll start selling. Maybe I just need to be done. Maybe I've hit the limit. Maybe there's a physical limit to my record collection. Uh, yeah, so I think I know what I want to do now and it's not a big wall shelf. It's, it's like, just move the Cubitech against the wall and then replace the center work table with a workbench. And I think we're good. Get rid of a lot of weird objects in the room to make room for a treadmill for next winter. So that I am not a lazy fart next winter. Like I was this winter, which is really horrible and embarrassing. And I need to lose 30 pounds. I'm not gaining any weight. I've been very stable. I haven't gained a pound since the last time I talked to you, which for me is a huge accomplishment. But uh, I need to lose 30 pounds and I got to start seeing people. It's going to be bad. I apologize in advance if I run into you out in the world because I did not prepare for it at all. My hair is bad. I look terrible. My weight's bad. My skin's good. <laughs> That's something, right? My beard looks okay. Yeah. So that's going on. That's going on with that. The email, still enjoying writing my daily email. Uh, trying to find a good balance when I'm depressed, right? Honestly and compellingly, but not bring people down. Trying to keep it informative, but fun. Trying to maintain the spirit of sort of like Irma Bombeckian home sort of like, like homemaker side of it, but also larger political issues and I don't know. And keep it mainstream. It's, it's been interesting, but I, I, I think it's the most satisfying writing outlet I've had in years. So I enjoy that. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I think that like, uh, you know, with the travel, I'm going to keep doing it. It might not stay every day. It's a lot of work to do it every day. It takes an hour. So first off, that's 2% of my time in my life I spend on this email, which is not nothing for a hobby. And I have to do it in the morning because I can't reliably do it at work, right? Like right now, this, you know, I usually do my podcast on the weekends. Today, I noticed I got a like a two hour break without any meetings and I got all my tasks all caught up on so I could squeeze this in. But the email, it goes out every day, every weekday, plus one, usually one weekend day, six days a week. And it takes an hour. So I have to do it before Jane gets up, which means I get up early. I specifically get up early to do this email. I get up at like 7 a.m., which isn't that early, but still for me, it's very early. And I write the email and I get Jane and like, you know, I don't have a lot of time. So they're always like a little bit rushed. I think they're very good for how rushed they are, but people don't judge your writing against it being rushed, right? They judge your writing as a piece of writing. And, and uh, so that's a little hard. They could always be a little bit better, but they're pretty good for what they are. And I, 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 I people enjoy it. And I like staying in touch with people with them. And people reply to the emails or they text me. It's nice. It's nice. I feel connected to my friends still 15 months into this pandemic. And I think that is an accomplishment to be celebrated. Yeah, that's how things are going. Let's do the media report. Uh, there's a lot of new stuff on Plex if you are a user of my Plex. Uh, let's see, I put all the Muppets movies up. Well, not all of them. I put the ones that were relevant to my childhood. Great Muppet Caper, the Muppet movie, Muppets Take Manhattan. I went And I went with Muppets from Space. It's a little recent for me, but uh, those are all up on Plex. Uh, Underdog, the animated 1960s cartoon series about a super dog in a cape. I totally loved as a child. Put that up. Corvette Summer, Mark Hamill's follow-up film to another film called Star Wars, 
where he plays a guy that works at a junkyard that restores a Corvette. That's all I remember about it. I need to rewatch it. I think it might've been a crime caper or something, maybe like some mob boss or gang wars or something. It's kind of a little comedy. It's a little bit rom-com. I don't know. I got to, I got to watch it again. <laughs> it was sort of his movie after star Wars to be like a big star and it didn't really go anywhere. Uh, who killed the electric car, which is a great documentary about the early EV one general motors, EV one an electric car that was released in San Francisco. Or California, excuse me. Uh, Emma didn't know about this car. We were watching Mythbusters, old Mitch, old Mythbusters, and uh, Jamie Heineman was like, "This is a motor from an electric car that he was using in one of their projects." And it was like, "What's that?" I'm like, "Oh, it's probably an EV1 motor." She's like, "What's that?" I'm like, "Oh my god, you don't know about the EV1?" So I told her all about the EV1. I was like, "There's a great documentary, but we didn't have it, so I grabbed it. We haven't rewatched it yet. I've already seen the documentary. I already knew about the EV1 before that. I really wanted one when they came out, but they got killed off by the car companies, and we had to go another, you know, thirty years without electric cars till Elon Musk came along." Even though the guy's a douche, if you watch that movie, it's very clear we never would have had electric cars were not for him, which is really hard. It's a continuous paradox with that guy. Uh, anyway, that's up there. Uh, yeah, great Muppet caper. I said that. Desk Set, 1957 film with Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. My friend told me to watch that. I just got it just just today, so I haven't watched it yet. And uh, The Wedding Present, Sea Monsters 30th Anniversary live stream, which uh, my friend Gareth got to me, and I just watched last night, and it was fantastic, and I love that album so much, and oh my god, it's the greatest. It's a weird, it's a little bit, you know, the performance of the of the, of the album, it sounds different than the album. I've actually, I saw The Wedding Present do Sea Monsters, I saw the Sea Monsters tour, but then I saw the 25th Anniversary tour too. So, you know, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen them do Sea Monsters a fair amount, and it's getting less noisy as years go by, which is for me, I like the noise in Sea Monsters, I like the Albini production, I like the feedback. So, you know, it's a little bit of a different interpretation of Sea Monsters, but uh, it's good, and the new songs are good, and I'm into it. And that is it for the Plex uploads. Discogs. I only sold four CDs this last two weeks. Just this morning, I sold two of those. So that's kind of interesting. I sold that Slap Happy CD, best uh, sort of. <laughs> you may recall, a couple, I don't know, six months ago, during the pandemic, I got really obsessed with the band Slap Happy, German Krautrock, prog rock band, because uh, two songs on the album I knew uh, through covers, uh, The Drum by Bongwater and another one. I can't remember what now. And I was really obsessed, so I got the album. It took me forever to find it. It was like $60 all over the internet, but I found a copy on Amazon, new for 18 bucks. So I got it from Amazon, even though everywhere else it was like $70 for the CD. And then I ripped it, and once I did that, I told you guys I was going to do this. I put it back up on Discogs for 15 bucks for the next person that had this problem. And sure enough, it just happened. This guy... This guy bought it today, and I was like, here you go. I said it. And he's like, oh, thank you so much. I've, I've owned this forever. I own the record, but it's got a scratch in it now. The CD's so hard to find. This is the only affordable copy in America. I want to be like, I know. I just went through this whole thing. <laughs> so that felt good. Circle complete on the Slap Happy CD. Uh, I sold the, the single Slow Motion Replay. Uh, that's a great song, and I just listened to it yesterday. That was a weird coincidence. Sold the Bittersweet Symphony single by The Verve. Both of those were one CD of a two-part CD single. Big thing in the mid-90s. Two-part CD singles. I was very diligent. I would buy all these things. So, you know, they're pretty rare if you're like a completist collector finding these two parts of like the Sonnet CD single by The Verve or something. I had all those. Most of them have sold off now. They sell quick because not a lot of people bought them, especially in America. But uh, that was like, I think the last of all the, the, the CD singles, I probably had like 30 at one point. But So that, that sold off. Uh, all the remixes were Dogs of Lust remixes uh, done by, what's his name? 
uh, Jim Thurwell. Jim Thurwell remakes. They're pretty good. And then I sold the Revenge CD single. Revenge being Peter Hook from New Order and Joy Division solo band after those. One True Passion. Not a good single, but, you know, people out there, New Order Completists, they want that sort of thing. So all those sold. Uh, real Do real business in uh, <laughs> CD singles these days because I used to buy a ton of them, man. Oh, my God. I uh, got a bunch of vinyl in the mail, not as much as last time. My Taylor Swift Evermore finally shipped, so that's good. Got that. Feels good. Looks good. Got the opaque green vinyl version. Sounds good. Like that album. Don't like it as much as Folklore, but it's a great record. Got two albums by The New Year. Uh, the second two, Snow and The New Year. Uh, I love that band. Uh, the guys from Bedhead. And uh, I think... Uh, what's his, Chris Brokaw's on one of them, I think. I haven't actually looked at the lineup on these two specific albums. But I, I already own them on CD. And they sold off a while ago. So I was very happy to get the New Year albums. Uh, Gold Frap got Felt Mountain. A new, 12, a new colored vinyl reissue of Felt Mountain. I did not own that on vinyl. So I was happy to get that finally. I love that record. Her first record. So good. Uh, Becoming Animal, A Distant Lift Hand Lifted, which is a project I didn't know about. This is interesting by uh, Gordon Sharp, now referred to as Cindy, who is uh, the lead singer of Cindy Talk, the, the, is Cindy Talk at this point. And uh, Cindy Talk was the band I brought to America on tour in 1996, and I profoundly love their music. Gordon was one of the vocalists on This Mortal Coil that's how I first discovered him back in the 80s. Uh, he does the song Kangaroo and a couple others on the first album. And I bought my first Cindy Talk record in like 1989, brought him to America in 96 uh, when Wappenshaw came out, which is now getting reissued by Deus Records, which is a great record label in America that my friend Gibby and this other guy run. And they are reissuing Wappenshaw. I've known about this for a while. I sent Gibby a bunch of stuff uh, six months ago when he started working on this. Uh, and then I was talking to my friend Mike Anderson, who is uh, runs Dreka Records and is uh, no what's the uh, Blue Sanct Music and is in the band Dreka. Used to be in a bunch of bands together. He and I we used to live together. And he was uh, he put out a City Talk single. Silver Shoals was the last sort of Cindy Talk record to be released with vocals on it several years ago. Cindy Talk is still very active. It's mostly like electronica and instrumental stuff. And we were talking about the reissue and how excited we both were. And he asked me if I had heard the Becoming Animal, and I didn't even know about it. It's it's like four years old now. But it's a collaboration between Cindy and Massimo Pupillo, who is an instrumentalist I don't know anything about. But the record's fantastic. I really love it. It's not on Spotify. Uh, a distant hand lifted. I had to buy the vinyl, but man, I'm very, very satisfied. Ooh, sorry about that boom. And then just now, hours ago, <laughs> my Vinyl Me Please shipment arrived, and it's the Doors self-titled album. I missed the swap. I'm not a big Doors fan, so I guess I own that now. <laughs> I didn't, didn't want it. I should have swapped it. Didn't have time. So that's all the vinyl that showed up in the last two weeks. I did listen to a fair amount of music, new music. Not, you know, tons. I don't know, 15 new records or something like that. Annika. Annika. Uh, self-titled. It is on Captured Tracks, I want to say. I don't know. One of those hipster New York labels. They're like, uh, she's got a new thing. I'm like, I've never heard of her. I listened to it. It's pretty cool. It's like, it sounds like sort of German New Wave. She does a lot of covers. Really into it. Then I listened to the Black Midi album Cavalcade, which was incredibly complex. And I can't believe it. I mean, it's just so layered and dense and awesome. But also not kind of really not my thing. 
but I was very impressed with it. Uh, the new Gruff Reese, Seeking New Gods. Gruff Reese is the lead singer of the Super Fairy Animals. I wish they would get back together, but this is actually my favorite of his solo albums yet. Most straightforward, a little less quirky, but a little bit more rocky, a little droney in places. It was cool. I liked it a lot. Seeking New Gods. Can had a re-release day. I don't know if it's a release or a new re-release. I'd never heard it live in Stuttgart in 1975. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> I, uh, I was very happy listening to that. That was a great day. I just listened to the Can rock out in 1975 in Stuttgart. I have to get back to Stuttgart so I can see Can. Uh, yeah, it was great. Raining Sound. A little more time with Raining Sound. I keep thinking about Raining Sound and thinking I like them. I get them mixed up with someone else. Yeah, this happened to me like it's three months ago on YouTube. They did like a tiny desk or something. I was like, oh yeah, Raining Sound. I watch them like I don't like this band. I mean, they're fine. They're like a, they're like a bar rock band. They're they're a talented bar rock band, but it's just not my thing. But I listened to their whole new album. A little more time with Raining Sound. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That was weird. Sarah Bug. Uh, she was cool. Self-titled Sarah Bug. Mellow sounds a little bit like Big Thief. Uh, I don't know. Remember why I listened to that? Uh, same with Penelope Trappis. She was more moody. Uh, Penelope three. It's her third record. She was awesome, actually. Yeah, moody, sparse, mellow, ambient. But my favorite. I've been listening to uh, checking out. I think I just maybe I found a list or something. I don't know. And then uh, I've been listening to a lot of solo women artists this week. Uh, and then Holly McV, M A C V E. Didn't know who she is either. Uh, the album's called Not the Girl. I fucking loved that record. Kind of reminded me of Sharon Van, Et Sharon Van Etten, but it's just so good. I mean, that record made me so happy. Holly McVie, not the girl. Strong recommend. Yeah. Yeah. If you like Sharon Van Etten, uh, you know, maybe Big Thief, a little bit more rocking than that. Angel Olsen, all those, that whole gang. Give Holly McVie a shot. Not like Christine McVie, M-A-C-V-E. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it. Weezer's new album, Van Weezer. Yeah, that was Weezer. <laughs> I never loved Weezer. I'm probably slightly too old. But uh, I listened to all their records, and I was like, yep, yeah, that's a Weezer record. That's fine. If you like Weezer, I'd be... I mean, if I was a band I liked, if Weezer was a band I loved, and they put a record that, that consistent, I'd be, I'd be like, yeah, all right. It's like uh, Damage and Joy, the last Jesus and Mary Chain record. If you like a Jesus and Mary Chain fan, you're like, yeah, that's a good Jesus and Mary Chain record. That was a pretty good Weezer record. Uh, Pet Shop Boys, Discovery Live in Rio 1994. This is a video that's been out for a very long time, and you may have heard this already, but they released it as finally as an album, and it's remastered. The Live in Rio show, 1994, Discovery. It's just great. It's the one with Girls and Boys cover by Blur. Great, great record. Very happy to listen to that. Matt LeJoy, Paraclete Tongue. Uh, my friend Vicky Wheeler, old friend Vicky. Oh, she's great. Man, yeah, we've been friends for a long time. Since... My God. Uh, I'm going to say like 98, <laughs> 25 years ish. Anyway, she recommended this to me. Uh, she said, if you want some feel good ambient music, check out Matt LaJoy, Paraclete Tongue. And she was right. It's a great record. It's very, it's ambient. It's, you know, it's an, it's, it's an upbeat ambient. Strong recommending. Uh, Adis Evenson, Byler. E-Y-D-I-S, Evenson. Uh, she's Icelandic. She's beautiful. I saw a tiny desk or something, maybe one of those, you know, KCRW something, a video of her and her, her orchestra, her, her ensemble, playing in one of those typically beautiful, rustic Icelandic studios. And I was just like, yeah, you may recall how obsessed I am with sort of modern Icelandic classical music, and I hadn't even heard of her. But she was great, and it's it's very sparse and ambient and mellow. It's in you know the uh, 
the Icelandic thing, right? <laughs> oh, it's great. Great record. Byler, B-Y-L-U-R. One song has vocals on it. There's a new James album, All the Colors of You. I like it a lot. Some guy, some guy on Twitter that I like. I like him. I don't know him in person, but he was like, thank you, James, for naming your band something boring so we can remember how boring your music is. And I'm like, no way, man. James feels it. They're keeping it real. James is like you know, bringing it to the people. I don't know. I, I, I trust, I trust it to Booth's sincerity. I think they're very talented. I'm happy they're still at it. I liked it a lot. Just this morning, I listened to Justin Bieber's Justice, the new Justin Bieber album, because the Pitchfork review said something really funny about how, like, you know, it starts off with a Martin Luther King quote, and then it has another Martin Luther King quote and a song that's really about being so horny you could walk through fire, and how they're not even really that offended or surprised by that, because that's just how the modern era is. And I was like, oh, you know what? This is as Pitchfork reviews goes. This is a pretty good Pitchfork review. I used to have a friend who did a site called Pitchfork Reviews Reviews. Unfortunately, it doesn't exist anymore, but I feel like the review of the new Justin Bieber album would have been reviewed well in Pitchfork Reviews Reviews, and in any case, all of it was enough to make me decide to listen to this album. I did re-listen to the last Justin Bieber album, and I listened to the whole thing this morning without interruption, and I don't remember much of it at all. Songs, tracks two and four, I remember liking. After that, I literally couldn't tell you a thing about the record. So, yeah, that's that. That's the music I listened to. It's been that kind of week. You know, I tried. I tried, man. Actually, what I've been doing is I have been working on my mixtapes for my daily emails. Every email comes with a mixtape. Excuse me. And they're a lot of work. And I've been sort of like, you know, when I'm listening to a lot of new music, I can kind of like make progress on them by just through new songs. But when I'm not listening to new music, it's hard to make a dent in the mixtapes. And so what I've actually been doing is I've been listening to my iTunes. I haven't done this in years. And I just put my entire iTunes library, all like 80,000 songs or whatever, on random. And it's bringing up a lot of stuff I haven't heard in a long time. It's been really nice. I listened to the Shady album, which is like Dave Baker, the original vocalist of Mercury Rev. He left after the first album. He had another band after that. I haven't listened to that album since like 1994. It was really good. Just, you know, uh, the Heartthrobs, Lulu Box. Uh, I don't know. All these random stuff has been coming on, and I've been adding it to the mixtapes, even though a ton of it ends up still not being on Spotify, which is really frustrating. But uh, so I've been listening to old stuff, but undirected, intentionally broad search parameters, old stuff. And it's been really rewarding, actually. I, I, I haven't done it in years, and I'm, I'm glad I'm doing it. It's, it's kind of like shaking me out of my rut, if you will. TV, we finished the Great British Baking Show. Farewell, old friends. We will miss you. No more Paul Hollywood handshakes and soggy bottoms and disgusting meat pies. <laughs> Drama around, will they put too much rose in their flavorings? I'll miss it all. Someday there will be a new season. Uh, we did not watch them in order. So the COVID season we watched, you know, during COVID. I mean, it's still during COVID, but like last November. And we ended with, I don't know, season eight or something. But it's over. I've been watching The Bad Batch. Uh, I think I talked about this a little bit last time. But here's, what I, here's my position on that. It's a good show, but it's fundamentally flawed. Uh, the last two episodes have been straight up kids adventures, but they just shoot people in the chest with holes in them, which is something they've never done in like the... 
animated stuff before. And when it first started and they were doing this, I'm like, cool, they finally did what we all want, which is like an adult animated Star Wars cartoon that brings the canon forward in nerdy, detailed ways under the auspices of Dave Filoni's leadership. But it turns out that's not what it is. It's still just a kid's serial adventure. And the last two episodes have been hella boring. And I'm like, well, then why are you shooting people? I can't even watch this with Jane. You know, (laughs) it's just it's annoying. So I'm sure there will be some interesting like canon stuff over time because they are dealing with a period that we have not seen a lot of between the rise of the Empire. It's between uh, episodes three and four, basically. Right. So uh, the the Emperor just became the Emperor and it's well before the resistance and New Hope. But and, you know, we saw some of this in Ezra Bridger and Kanan Jarrus, whatever that rebels. But uh, it just seems a little earlier, a little bit different more on the ground and the people of the Republic, the empire that don't really realize the empire is bad. You know, the rebels do obviously, but anyway, 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 but so far none of that's materialized. All we've gotten is like, Oh, now we know where the Rancor monster came from and Jabba's palace. Like, woohoo. That's a mystery. I was dying to have solved in the star Wars universe. <laughs> My patience is wearing thin is what I'm saying. Uh, then I finished Jupiter's legacy on Netflix, which was not good. It almost could be good. Had a lot going for it. There were things to like, but it was just muddled mess. Real problem and kind of boring. And the pacing was all off and the acting was good. And they spent a ton of money on it. The effects were all right, but no, it would have been better as a comedy, honestly. And they canceled it. So, well, they're expanding it into a uh, anthology, blah, blah, blah. It's canceled. So you can skip that one. Emma and I started watching Mythbusters from the beginning. We The seasons are weird. They're not numbered. They didn't really have seasons. So the convention, according to TV database, which is what Plex honors, is the seasons are numbered by year. So they start in 2003. They go to like 2017 or something. There's like 14 seasons of the show. It's going to take forever. I did, I did the math. It'll take almost a year for us to watch them all. Uh, and we don't watch it every night because if there's other new stuff we want to watch, you know, we watch that instead. But it's it's good. It's good sort of like the show you watch to just watch a thing. It's educational. If Jane's ever around, she can suddenly learn stuff. It's, you know, they're doing stuff. I like watching maker kind of things. And uh, it's really weird because I do watch a lot. Of, I do watch a lot of Adam Savage on YouTube on Tested. Like I watch his tooltips and his one day builds. And he looks so much better now with gray hair. <laughs> The dude looks better. He's like 20 years older than he is when I'm on these shows I'm watching. He just looks better. He's a better looking man now. It's pretty weird. And Jamie looks exactly the same. And the more I watch it, the more I think Jamie's kind of a sociopath. But I know that's what the editors are like trying to make you do. But, you know, whatever. It's good. I'm into watching Mythbusters all the time. But uh, by comparison, a new season of the show I used to be obsessed with when I started this podcast three years ago, Storage Wars, came back onto Hulu because, you know, I don't even know what it airs on. I think it's Discovery as well, right? But it, uh, you know, I don't have the Discovery Channel app. I think I do. But it's one of those apps that's just impossible to figure shit out. And so you watch it on Hulu once they deign to release it on Hulu, which is not in real time. And the whole season just appeared there. So I'm like, all right, I'll watch some Storage Wars. And it was kind of fun, like one or two episodes in. I was like, oh, yeah, Mary. Mary Padian's great. And then they added these two cool new, like, ladies to it. But then I was like, I realized just how, you know, what do they call it in wrestling? Kifabe? Like, that's what it is with Storage Wars. Everything is just made up. And, you know, it's just, it's too much. I couldn't keep going. I, I, I watched, spent one evening, I watched like four episodes in a row. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to watch this whole season. Probably. I'm still obsessed with the storage industry, though. 
Uh, and then Lego Masters started again, which I think honestly we could watch with Jane at this point, but she doesn't watch TV. We don't watch TV with her. She doesn't, you know, she's, it's not her thing. And we're trying to keep it that way. Even though TV's not as bad as it used to be. I wrote about this today. Anyway, uh, yeah, we watched one episode of that. We haven't watched the second one yet. Uh, it's too soon to say what's going on. Will Arnett's hilarious. I like him. Uh, the judges are great. Oh my God, Jamie, what a, what a majestic human being. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're watching that again. And then last night we started two new shows. We started Loki because it premiered last night and it seemed very good. First episode was very, very promising. I enjoyed it a lot. It was sort of Orwellian, sort of Brazil, sort of uh, Wes Anderson. Uh, I, for one, really like Owen Wilson, and uh, I thought it was good. It's the strongest opening yet, especially after the middling run of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So that's very promising. And then we watched the first episode of Hacks last night. So a lot of people, like four or five people told me I should watch this show. And so we watched the first episode, and they're all totally right. It looks great. I laughed so hard just off one episode. It really cheered me up. It was great. I love it when she pulls up to the the, room, the big mansion. She just mutters under her breath, Jesus, we need a wealth tax. <laughs> that was great. That was great. That was, I'm excited about that. We got two new shows. Uh, I need to pick one. Like I watched Jupiter's Legacy by myself. So I need to pick a new show to watch by myself. I was thinking of doing that Sweet Tooth show. I don't know. That's what like the algorithms tell me to watch, though, man. That's just your opinion, algorithm, man. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I got by that yesterday by watching the wedding present video. And today I got Jane. So I got time to figure it out. But yeah, the new shows are good. I've been trying to watch movies, but it doesn't work. I started the Mortal Kombat movie. I don't know why I do this. I'm like, I should watch more movies. I used to watch movies all the time. I'll watch a movie. And then I pick a bad movie. A movie I know is going to be bad. And then I'm like... I can't start it. I can't finish it. I watched like the first 10 minutes of the Mortal Kombat movie. And I was like, eh, I'm not going to watch this anymore. And I stopped. And then I did the same thing again with the new Zack Snyder zombie movie. I was like, it was kind of good for the first like 15 minutes, actually. Like the, the opening scene was good. Then the title sequence was fantastic. And then it settled into the plot of the movie. And then like one guy came to another guy. He's like, here's what I want you to do. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's the plot. I get this whole movie now. And I just turned it off. And I really wanted to watch it because like Tig Notaro's in it. And I don't know if you know this whole story, but like Zack Snyder had to recast the role because whoever was in it, I can't remember who like got me, like me too, or whatever. They got canceled in some way. And he needed to put somebody else in the role. And so he put Tignataro in the role and he completely reshot it with just her and like edited her into the film with everyone else. And I want to see how that's done and if he did a good job or not. But also I was like, the plot of this movie is so predictable and boring. I just don't care. <laughs> Maybe there's a twist. If you've seen it, there's a twist. Just tell me Go, there's a twist because that's all I need is a, bu- a, a, a bump. Because right now what's going to happen is like, I'm going to watch a movie and be like, yeah, that's exactly the plot that I thought it was going to be based on that scene in the diner. And then I'll just be annoyed with myself. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know. And this is coming from a person that watched all four hours of the justice league and do not, does not regret it. I don't regret that, but I still, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to watch this. So I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know. We will see. Uh, that's it. The only two movies I tried to watch and I failed on both of them. Uh, books. I finished rereading all the three body trilogy, three body problem trilogy, all three books, the three body problem, uh, the dark forest and death's end. I reread them all. Uh, Felt the same way I did the first time. I love the first book a lot. I love the second book more and the third book less. Third book's still my least favorite. I still have fundamental problems with the third book. 
There's a lot more to like in the third book than uh, this time around than the first time. I like it more than I used to like it. A lot of that's because the boring parts I could skip. But uh, I think it makes a lot more sense. But also, I just still don't like the third book as much. But I still think it's a great trilogy, and I was very happy to reread it. It's the quickest I've ever reread anything in my life. I reread it for the first time two years ago, and I just reread it. Feel great. Uh, and now I'm reading a book about grocery stores that my friend Liz recommended to me called The Secret Life of Groceries by Benjamin Lore, and it is just fucking me up, man. It's a great book. He's a little bit of a gonzo writer, not really my thing. He's trying to be all badass. I'm a writer guy. But, uh, it, you know, he shouldn't do that because he already is kind of a badass. Whatever. Uh, the whole part about Joe from Trader Joe's was incredibly fascinating. The part about Aldi and Aldi splitting up. It's just fascinating stuff. And I'm obsessed with groceries. Of course, I'm obsessed with groceries because for, you know, 16 months, the only place I've gone is the grocery store. So, of course, I find them interesting. But, you know, it's also a very interesting industry. The margins are really tight. There's a lot of competition, a lot of secrecy. The dude had to get to the only way the dude could get into distribution centers was to, like, go in with truck drivers. So he embedded with truck drivers and then this whole expose of the truck driving industry, which just brought me down to tears. I wrote about that today in my email. But uh, it's a great book so far, and I'm really into it. I haven't finished it yet, but um, man, man, yeah, fascinating book. Fascinating industry. I could read five more books about the grocery industry because I'm already like a third of the way through the book, and I have a lot of unanswered questions, so I could definitely read more. <laughs> Maybe once I'm rich and my friend Doug and I can fulfill our dream of going to trade shows for every industry, we'll do a lot of grocery store trade shows. That could be really fun. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. You guys are really nice, man. It means a lot to me. I hope you're doing all right in this pandemic. I hope everything's going okay. Hope you're all vaccinated and your kids are safe if you have them. And I'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Take care. <laughs>